Welcome to the Business of Design podcast. I'm Cheryl Horn, Director of Operations for Business of Design. A lot has changed at Business of Design since this episode originally aired. For the latest information and rates on events and membership at Business of Design, head to businessofdesign.com. Enjoy the show. Hey everybody, episode 36 and welcome to Business of Design. I have been teaching Business of Design for more than a decade now, maybe even 15 years, and I'm telling you, time goes so fast. Every new phase of growth, uh, we started with just live seminars and then we supplemented that with uh, the robust online platform we have now. And more recently, we added the podcasts. Every single new phase of growth, I learned something new and we continue to add to all of the different elements we have in play. With the podcast, I'm hearing from so many of you who are transitioning or hope to transition to design and decorating full time. I never really realized that uh, people who are interested in business of design weren't full time, 100% interior design professionals. Um, But the fact is there are a lot of you who have a job right now that's paying the bills and it's kind of hard to walk away from that, but you're putting one toe in the water when it comes to an interior design business and knowing the processes and the systems before you dive all the way in makes so much sense. We're thrilled you found us. Um, And then there are others who are working full-time in interior design and you're looking for some way maybe to grow your business, create a new path to revenue maybe, uh, gain new customers, build on the customers you have. So the interview today is going to fall into the first category, uh, Brittany Canalia. I asked her how to say the name. It's Brittany Canalia. I want to get that right. Is a full-time financial controller. Uh, But it sounds to me like this design thing has really gotten under her skin and it may turn out before too long that she needs to embrace her inner designer more more fully and create a full-time place for this in her life. In the meantime, she's feeding her passion with a very cool side hustle. And the side hustle, of course, meaning that job you do in addition to the job you do, frequently the one that you feel passionate about. In Brittany's case, she started an amazing website, The Vintage Rug Shop. I recommend you check it out. And that gave her an outlet for her passion, buying and repurposing cool textiles, often vintage. Uh, The website, um, uh, the Vintage Rug Shop, has uh, carpets, of course, also some beautiful pillows that she's refashioned from vintage carpets, and she's got a lively, dynamic blog as well. In fact, her whole website is so polished, and according to Brittany, it's one of the primary reasons she's been successful, because the minute she launched, she looked like she'd been around for a long, long time. She looked like a brand you could trust. Certainly that website is part of the reason she was selected as a blogger for High Point this year, and she's going to tell us all about that experience on the show. Brittany is based in Walnut Creek, California. That's where her inventory is. It's where she writes her blog, and it's where her creative career was launched over a decade ago in jewelry design, and she sold that through various retailers in California, 
all the while climbing the ranks in the corporate world. Brittany decided to return to her creative roots by launching her blog in 2010, a creative outlet and an editorial destination for all things design. Since then, the site has evolved into um, a carefully curated vintage rug and textile shop and a blooming boutique interior design studio. Welcome to the Business of Design podcast with Kimberly Selden, brought to you by Business of Design, a coaching community for independent designers like you. We all know design matters. At Business of Design, we think designers matter too. A little housekeeping before we launch into this fun episode. Hey, Cheryl, episode 36 already. Can you believe it? I know this year has gone by so fast. It has, it has, but we're already thinking about 2018, aren't we? We've been thinking about 2018 (laughs) for a while now, actually. We're going on a trip. Tell them about High Point. We are. We've actually, we've been talking about High Point for a while. We've had um, asked listeners to sort of weigh in uh, where they want to go. We've got a couple, we've had a couple on our list, but High Point Market, it's on our calendar. We've just opened up registration, so it's coming up on April 13th. 13th to 15th. Uh, the cost is uh, $1,195, but we're really encouraging everyone to sign up early. Hotels yes. go so fast. So if you register before the end of the year, uh, we're only taking a 50% uh, deposit to register because we're hoping that'll encourage people sign up early and get your hotels b- uh, booked. Now we do have a block of rooms. We're hoping our whole group can stay together. Um, so when you when you register, we will be connecting you with our travel agent to set that up. But um, the details for the uh, for the event are on the site. We're going to be touring the market, attending events as a group, lots of group coaching. I know a lot of people have been asking for that, and that's what they're hoping to get with with you when they're, we're there. And one-on-one coaching as well, don't forget. Um, the other thing I want to point out is the hotel costs, I think, approximately $289. It's a great location, yes. close to the market. We will have transportation. If you have another place that you stay or you want to pile eight women in into an apartment through Airbnb, go for it. You can definitely uh, sign up for our trip and stay somewhere else. But of course, it's always nice if you can stay at the same hotel. And we're kind of contemplating on the Saturday night, uh, a doctor is in uh, pajama party event where you guys just could go out for dinner, uh, come back to the hotel, hang out in my suite, and just kind of have a super casual uh, coaching conversation if there are things going on that are really uh, would make your life better to know more about. So it's going to be fun. There's going to be uh, lots of learning and lots of wine, and it's a great <laughs> Christmas present that also happens to be a write-off or a great holiday gift. So think about coming with us, you guys. We really love you too. And Cheryl, thank you so much for dropping in. Take care. I'll talk to you soon. And now back to the show. Hey, Brittany, it's great talking to you this way. Thank you. I'm so happy to talk to you and be a part of the podcast. I was hoping you and I lived closer together, but it seems like it's a very long drive between the two of us. So we're going to have to settle for a phone call for now. Yeah, that sounds good. 
Well, I was excited to have a chance to talk to you for a variety of reasons. One of them, I just full disclosure, super selfish. I'm working on a farmhouse in a country setting. And when I went to the vintage rug site, uh, rug shop website, rather, and I saw your offerings, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is the mother load. I'm so excited. I can't wait to talk to you about my project. That sounds great. Yeah, I'd be happy to talk to you about your project and, you know, I'll hook you up for any rugs you need. <laughs> <laughs> okay, awesome. So that's that's my selfish agenda, but I'm going to put myself on the back burner here and let's talk about some stuff that's going to be helpful and interesting to the listeners. Like, how did you end up having a shop online and talk to us about some of the advantages and disadvantages maybe of going down that route if you're a design professional? Yeah, of course. I started... Uh, uh, buying rugs for my own house, and I had a very small house, so maybe I could fit two or three, and it just became a hoarding problem. So I, uh, I just couldn't bear to pass up some of the pieces that I would find, and I just wanted to place them in homes. So it was kind of let's start a web shop, and I just kind of figured it out along the way, and it flourished. I don't know if it was just the timing of when I launched it, or you know kind of when everybody was wanting to bring in a little bit of soul or, you know, um, uniqueness, something antique into their homes, but it was um, successful from go. And yeah, so it's just been like this, what turned out to be like a side project or a side hobby into this like business that's that's pretty cool. So some of the challenges um, and benefits going into business in um, maybe an online retail space Maybe I just haven't found it, but there's no, you know, playbook that you abide by. Um, For me, it's been a lot of trial and error. I mean, everything that you might want to sell um, might not necessarily be everyone's taste. But I guess that could be a benefit, too, because doing it online and, you know, I do a lot of my, like, marketing for the product product that I sell through um, Instagram. Um, I have a large following, and therefore, I have pretty much have something for everybody, but it's in my taste, if that makes sense. So because I've curated this, you know, you can come and find specific looks of rugs, but maybe something might be pink, maybe something might be blue. So in a sense, like everything, I I do feel like I can provide something for everyone. It's a little bit challenging finding, I guess I'm a one man show right now. So finding enough time to meet the demand and there are some people, um, I guess there's some people, there are some um, other um, online retailers who like, you know, basically one man shops like myself, who they do this as their full time job, like maybe they were stay at home mom, or maybe unemployed, and they turned in this into their business. I actually have a full time job. So this is like, maybe one day a week, I get to, you know, work on this uh, side of like my business, I guess. That's like a challenge, a personal challenge is just finding adequate time to meet everyone's like, give me more, give me more demand for um, what I, what I have. You know what I mean? Wow. It sounds like the process has been somewhat organic. It happened naturally. And then you found yourself with a full-time job. And I want to ask you what you do full-time, but then this side hustle that's kind of feeding your passion and clearly is in demand because people are asking for more and more and more. So what's your full-time job? I'm actually a financial controller for a fintech company. Ooh, 
That's awesome. I bet you have lots of great advice for people who are running a small business in terms of managing their financial health and setting appropriate values to the services that they sell and all that kind of stuff. So can we go, can we just take a small detour and ask you about that? Any advice for that interior design professional who's listening and maybe has trouble uh, with the financial aspects of the business? Absolutely. Yeah. My experience has really been uh, supporting small um, startup companies. You know, the company that I work for is small. Um, I wouldn't necessarily call them a startup anymore, but my expertise would come from like building, you know, um, accounting processes and accounting systems from scratch and targeting a small business owner, maybe an interior designer who's looking to start or someone who's looking to start, um, you know, an online retail shop, just like I did. Having your financial systems in place from go is so key. I would highly recommend QuickBooks. Um, the online version is super inexpensive, you know, setting up your P&L and your GL and um, your balance sheet, those kind of things are key. I do know some people like really um, get overwhelmed with dealing with their own finances. So I've heard it on your podcast time and again, hiring somebody as a bookkeeper to do this for you um, is, you know, it's, I think it's a small investment for like a huge payoff in terms of your time management and like just your sanity, knowing how much money you're making, how much cash you might have in the bank, et cetera. Great advice for sure. And just because I don't know what a PL is or a GL, which I'm assuming is general ledger, doesn't mean my bookkeeping or finance yes. administrator won't know what that is. So all I have to do is tell them that my need is understanding how much capital I need in the bank and then translating the skill set that I have into. Uh, a value proposition so clients will pay me enough so I can make an amazing living. So you're so right. Outsource it for sure. So that's a that to me is a huge advantage if you're going to go in and start an online company like you did that you've already got this financial savvy. So let's assume that someone listening is kind of there. They've got that financial savvy or they know that they can hire someone to help them with that financial savvy. What's the next part of the equation in, uh, in terms of getting yourself online successfully selling a product that you have a passion for. And by the way, I think the fact that you have a niche is just amazing. I, you know, I think that's really what so many people are missing. Everybody loves a great shop that's tightly curated. I, those are my favorite boutiques to walk into. So I don't think that's a disadvantage at all. So you've got the financial piece figured out, let's say, or you know who to ask. What do you think about after that? I would say the next like biggest thing I would recommend is setting up a, a well-designed website and something that, you know, somebody can log, somebody can go to your website and easily, easily purchase your product. If there's too many steps to get that, you know, to get them to buy your product, it's going to turn them away. If your website is not um, user-friendly or maybe it doesn't load well or, you know, whatever, if there's any issues that way, like my, it, and I'm not saying this because I did it. I, I did it, I think, coincidentally, <laughs> but <laughs> investing in a website and basically not building it yourself. Um, there are professionals who do this for a living. And I just, I'm a proponent for paying somebody who knows what they're doing to execute what 
will be like the bones of my business. If my business is online, I need it to look better or the best, if that makes sense, the best it could be. And um, there are a lot of, you know, companies that um, make it really easy to have online retail shops like Shopify, um, WordPress has WooCommerce, which is what I use, um, uh, which is an open source um, platform. So you don't have to pay for WooCommerce. You just have to pay. You don't have to pay for WooCommerce and WordPress. You just have to pay for hosting. Um, and it's a lot more customizable, in my opinion. Um, well, it is than uh, a site like Shopify and Shopify takes a fee. So I try to eliminate how many fees I'm paying. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, the website, I mean, that would be the next best thing for somebody to, to invest in, to have something that looks, you know, if somebody's going to come to your website, like, Oh man, like this is so beautiful. They must really know what they're doing. They must be established. You know, like I had this, I think I, we had, I had my website redesigned last summer and I had only been selling rugs for like less than a year. And, um, but I don't necessarily think people who are finding my site would think, man, this girl's only been in business for 10 months. Like, you know what I mean? Right. So that like wow factor, I think is something that, you know, is, is worth the investment if you want your business to grow. Absolutely. So at the beginning, at least, there's going to be an initial outlay of cash. Um, but having those financial systems ready to go will at least tell you how far down that rabbit hole you can go before you're in trouble. And for those of you who are interior design professionals already earning money by servicing clients, of course, you have the cushion of being able to fall back on that day job to help you get your side hustle going. So it sounds like overall, you're super happy you went down this path. And do you ever see a future, Brittany, where you do that full time and you give up uh, your world as a finance controller? <laughs> I hope none of my coworkers listening, but um, I do. I do think that that would be a, um, a goal. Well, it is a goal of mine, whether or not I don't know how, you know, the timeline for that, but um, I can't see myself stopping the high side hustle completely. I feel like that would just keep me out of balance or it would just look like it make me less happy. I do balance out the logistical, the, you know, the, the debits and credits side of my brain right. with this creative side. But I think ultimately if I had a choice, it would be to do this more creative thing as my full time like obsession. <laughs> right, right. Now, I know you just got back from High Point, and we are taking a group to High Point in April, April 13th to 15th. Tell us about how you found yourself at High Point and kind of tell us what you learned, if you don't mind. Give us some advice on our own trip there. Yeah. Um, you know, I heard of High Point. It had to have been at least a year ago. And I think it's hard to like not not learn from it when you're on Instagram and you follow a lot of interior designers. Um, it, you know, so I, that's kind of how I like, what is high point? You know, I, I saw somebody who's like hashtag HPMKT. What is that? And you know, it's, you know, so it's kind of go down, you know, I went down that rabbit hole of trying to figure out like, what is this and where is it? Like, Oh, North Carolina. Why are these, all these people going to North Carolina? Like, <laughs> Anyway, it was just out of curiosity and, um, but then it kind of clicked like, you know, this is, you know, this massive, you know, furniture, home furnishings market. 
that, you know, everybody in the world goes to, um, like I found it interesting, but I didn't know, like, how would I, what would I do? Who would, how would I meet? Like, how would I know what showrooms to go to? There's so many. And I, I just really had no idea how to even, um, if I went there or if I, like, where would I start? And I didn't know anybody personally who had been or, um, who attends market. So I was on their website. Um, this was probably like six months ago and, um, I was like, Oh, there's one coming up in October and I was clicking around. And, um, so high point actually has, um, this, uh, well, they hire this, um, PR firm called esteem media and esteem media runs this, um, uh, design bloggers tour and they select 10 design bloggers to attend market. And, um, I thought, Oh, like we go, you know, you go to do sponsored showrooms. I thought it was like the perfect opportunity for me to be introduced to market for the first time. Yeah. And, um, I would be guided by, um, this tour and, um, yeah, so that was kind of like, I applied for it. So you have to apply for, to be part of the design bloggers tour. And then this was like maybe late spring and I just waited, waited, kind of forgot about it. And then I got an email that I was chosen. So it was like really cool. And um, <laughs> Another good yeah, reason to make sure your website looks striking and fabulous, right? Because you weren't chosen because you seemed nice. You were chosen because they went to your website and went, oh, wow, she looks amazing. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And then I think they also consider, you know, like where you're located because they had they chose some people from uh, some bloggers from all over, um, all over the U.S. And um, one of them actually from Canada. Um, so that it was a good, diverse group. So and like going to market for the first time, literally, this is like I had no idea what to expect. Um, so, you know, I didn't realize that the air, you know, how far the airport was from market. I also like it was just all new to me, like this big downtown with all these showrooms. And then I imagined what it would be like when it's not market season, it must be a ghost town. Like this is so intriguing, but, uh, it was great. It was overwhelming. I still, if I, you know, then I want to go in April. Um, I'm super interested in going into, uh, going with the group that you're planning, um, to take. And, um, because I still feel like there's still so much to learn about how you navigate market. Like, where would I start? <laughs> you describe how every single person I know feels the first time they go to market. It's just so overwhelming and foreign. And when I landed at the airport in Raleigh, I thought the market was like, you know, an Uber ride, but it's actually a couple of hours away. So there's the whole logistical thing you have to figure out. And then once you figure out the logistics, then like you said, there's a million showrooms. Where do I even begin? So first of all, congratulations. That's really exciting that you got chosen to do that. Um, that's inspiring. And we will share a link on High Point's website with everybody if you're interested in becoming one of those 10 bloggers for next time. That would be great. If you do end up coming with us on the trip, gosh, it, it would be amazing if you can talk to us about some of your product because uh, obviously we're a podcast and you can't see how delicious all of the beautiful textiles that you sell are, but we will also definitely provide a link to the vintage rug shop for everybody. So, so you've, you've gotten some acclaim then for your side hustle and for your website, which is exciting. And then I, I, I think I would love to ask you just for some pointers on how some of us can begin to use the vintage 
textiles in our projects because it it can be so easy to go back to the same retailers and manufacturers and suppliers over and over again and sort of miss the opportunity to inject what you referred to as soul into a project. I loved how you expressed that. So, so talk to us about what we might be able to do with the vintage rug shop or other unique personality-driven product. I really thrive on um, spaces that uh, look um, unique. And uh, I think that, you know, vintage pieces, it could be furniture, it could be textiles, you know, obviously for my obsession with rugs, <laughs> it can be rugs. Um, it really is a way to express your personality in, um, in your own home, I think. So um, it's kind of how I was driven to or attracted, I guess, to um, uh, starting to like offer these products. And, you know, I attend, um, we have a local, like a monthly flea market similar to the Rose Bowl. I think the Rose Bowl is like the, the Sunday after hours. It's a huge market. I, you can't even get to it quickly in three hours. Um, but there are a ton of vendors who sell, um, you know, ethnic textiles, whether they're from Africa or from Guatemala or, you know, Thailand, um, and you can find them there. I just was like, I want to turn this into a pillow, you know, and that's kind of how I started. But it's so easy to get some of these um, uh, textiles and take them to um, a local, uh, it could be a seamstress or um, I've, I actually ha- hire a, a lady to sew all my pillows. I used to do it myself. Biggest decision, you know, is hiring, hiring help. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, there are other things you can find at the market. Um, sometimes uh, there will be vendors who sell rugs that are too damaged to mend. And um, I've taken these pieces, have them cleaned. Uh, most uh, like dry cleaners will actually clean carpets for you. But in most like metropolitan areas, there's some, there's, there will, you will be able to find uh, a, a shop that cleans rugs. I mean, everyone needs their rugs. So um, I would take, you know, say you found a rug that's like maybe a little bit worn or there's a hole that's just like too much to mend. You can actually turn these into te- uh, into pillows as well. And I've seen people do that for floor pillows or for like an extra large lumber. Um, and these are just like unique ways, you know, to add that one of a kind look to your space, you know, for the interior designer who uh, wants to stand out. I mean, there are so many designers out there. How are you going to be a little bit different than the next? If you have, you know, similar style, this is the way is, Mm -hmm. you know, to inject that, like I said, that soul or that personality um, that comes through these handmade items. And um, that's kind of, uh, you know, what I offer. So folks can, you know, if they find it too overwhelming to like, research their area to pay somebody to make, um, make a pillow or to find a rug, or maybe they, they just can't attend a flea market, or maybe there isn't a flea market. There are so many places that just don't have fleas. So fleas, <laughs> flea markets. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> that reminds um, me. So can I just say this? I went to I went to India and uh, went to a couple of markets that were really, really like the very definition of a flea market, uh, by the way. Uh, super, super oh, cool. <laughs> and I bought some textiles and then I brought them home and they faded like in 12 seconds. They just kind of fell apart. So there is there is some caution there, I guess. And you probably have learned to spot what will work and what will turn into a beautiful pillow or could be used as a carpet. So there is some merit to going through a source like the Vintage Rug rug Shop, although I think it's super fun to do some of the sourcing on your own for sure. Um, And if I reach out to you, let's say I've got a project and what I'm excited about, the farmhouse we're doing is contemporary. And the problem always, I think, with contemporary spaces is they they can be cool and austere. So to throw in some vintage textile, I think, oh my gosh, immediately warms up the space and gives it personality. So I've got this project. I can send you some dimensions and say, this is kind of what I'm looking for. Do you have anything currently that works for me? Is that how it would work? Yeah, I have been able to help some folks that way. Um, it's, it is, I will, you know, there's a disclaimer, right? Because um, these rugs are vintage. So it's not like I, you can just drop down and be like, oh, I want an 8x10 or a 9x12. So it's, it's difficult yeah. to, I would say difficult in like regards to how much time it might take to find the right piece. But absolutely, people email, email me, they DM me on Instagram all the time asking if I have anything in a specific size or a specific colorway. Um, and, uh, it's so funny. I got an email yesterday from, uh, another interior blogger and I was like, she's like, I don't see anything on your website, but this is what I'm looking for. It was like, so funny. I have like a stack, you know, I'm my own bottleneck. I have a stack of carpets that I haven't taken photos of yet. So, I think I have the exact one you need. Let me send you some pictures. Um, so oh. it can work, but yeah. then sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes people say, I need like a 12 by 14, but I only have $1,000 to spend. I'm like, oh, I can't help you. Yeah, <laughs> I totally get that. Okay, so I, am I the only person in the world who still goes on Pinterest? I just love how easy it is to look at photographs and pin them into boards and stuff like that. Do you ever go on Pinterest? Every day. Oh, okay, good. It's, it's, I think I'm like the only one. So you're there. I'll look for you. That's good. I saw this photograph of a staircase, a curved staircase, and every single step was a different vintage carpet textile. Do you know the photograph I'm thinking of? Absolutely. <laughs> I, I, I don't know who the original source of the photograph is, but I'll try to figure that out and we'll post it on the website so you guys know what we're talking about. But that just made my heart just beat so much faster. I just have to do that somewhere, somehow. And you, you'd be the perfect person to help me do that. Yeah, absolutely. It's funny because I've seen that picture before and I'm like, dang, I don't have any stairs. I have like one step, you know, to and from my house. <laughs> Where am I going to put that? <laughs> okay, we're going to figure this out. I'm thinking of a particular client and I'm doing the presentation in about two weeks and I am going to show her that image and see if she's game. And if she's game, you and I are going to, we're going to do this. And I oh, I hope it works out because I really want to do it. And if she doesn't do it, you know, I'm actually thinking of doing it at um, my country house on one of my staircases because I think I'm obsessed. I think that I that picture got under my skin and I, I think I've pinned it like eight times. And you know how Pinterest always says, psst, you already pinned this, you idiot. I just keep pinning it to different boards. So right. Clearly there's a problem here. I'm going to need some help. 
I just ignore that, uh, that <laughs> alert. I'm like, well, I like it. <laughs> I know. Um, yeah, you know, something like that, that you love yourself so much, it's, it, you probably want to have it yourself. <laughs> now, you clearly can do more than source vintage textiles because I happen to see a feature on you in um, the Glitter Guide. Did I get the name right? And it had you were standing there, by the way, you're adorable, and you were standing in front of these big plaid chairs, and I'm like, oh my gosh, you're you're brave. You're a brave designer. I like your place is gorgeous, and I admire you have the courage to do something big scale like that. Those chairs were actually gifted to me from one of my best friends. Um, they were her um, in their original like grimy uh, fabric. Um, they were in a garage for years and years. Um, they were from her late grandmother and. She was like, I just don't have space for these. And I'm like, oh, you can't get rid of them. I need them. Uh, she lived in Bakersfield and I had to have a friend like go down and get them because I don't own a truck. And anyway, it was like a big ordeal to get them to my house. Um, and I just, I had, I don't know if you've seen them, but they're, um, they're black and white Buffalo check chairs from Schoolhouse Electric. And I love those chairs, but the price tag is not something I love. So I just had to recreate them with, um, with these chairs and they turned out amazing. Like, I don't think I'll ever part with them. So I definitely feel like it's one of my trademark, you know, things that I've done in my home is like these chairs. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, the whole place is gorgeous. I love that you used uh, kind of soft brass throughout instead of, you know, a brushed nickel, which I think most people might have done. Um, it's just, it's to me, it just feels super lived in and loved and easy to enjoy and kind of uncontrived, I guess, um, which I think is just so admirable. So have you ever thought of being a full-time interior designer? I um up your podcast every day in, you know, hopes to build my interior design business. So I don't have anything that's official as of today, but, um, I have a date in my mind when that goes live. So I, I love interiors. I love helping people. And I've, uh, to this point, I've really, um, just done it as like a site, like a, you know, kind of a side hobby, just you know, people want to know friends or whatever, friends of friends who want to know like what color paints to pick. I've just been assisting them that way. But yeah, part of this dream is, uh, of, you know, um, secretly not being a controller anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and I hope none of your coworkers are listening. With... Yeah, that would be, that would be terrible. Terrible. Yeah. <laughs> um, you're amazing. I like they, I, I think some of them know it's fine. <laughs> yeah, I suspect they do. I don't think you could hide. Un, I don't think you could hide this talent and this passion under a rock. I suspect they all know. And I, I do think you're going to be very successful when you do decide to make the transition, particularly given your background with financial um, savvy. Uh, I think that's such a leg up for sure. Um, I like to leave every episode with something we're calling design intervention. It's something that you think will be helpful to someone listening. It could be related to uh, a side hustle. It could be related to having an online product shop. Um, it could be something completely different and random, but just something you think uh, if you could go back 10 years, you wish you had known. Does anything come to mind? Yeah. Um, if I had gone back 10 years, uh, probably would have been um, about, probably would have freshly graduated from college. And 
I wish somebody had told me that you can make a career from the things you're passionate about. Um, and you know, most people, um, I say people, but most students graduate with a ton of student loan debt. And there's this like anxiety about paying that off and having something stable that just maybe makes sense. Either it's being a lawyer or being a doctor or being an accountant that, you know, okay, I can be in this career path forever. Everybody needs their books recorded. So, you know, that's not going anywhere. Um, I just wish somebody would have told me, um, you, if you're convicted and you have a passion, you can be successful and just don't do it too late. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think you're a really good, um, measure of that actually, because it's clear to me that you've kind of figured out how to, how to transition away from the serious job that pays the bills into the passion job that will, by the way, pay the bills once you decide to make that transition. And I think you're probably going to give some hope and encouragement to lots of people listening who are in the exact same position where they're doing the interior design thing as a side hustle. So, so best of luck to you and uh, let's hang out. I, I think it's going to be worth the drive to uh, to Walnut Creek where you are somehow. We'll meet in the middle. We'll look at a map between Walnut Creek and Santa Monica and we'll figure out where the middle is and we'll just meet there. That sounds great. It better be a flea market. <laughs> okay, I'm game. I'm really game. That would be awesome. Thank you so much, Brittany. Best of luck. All right, absolutely. Thank you, Kimberly. At Business of Design, we know it takes more than hard work and talent to successfully run a professional design firm. There are proven business strategies that can solve your immediate business challenges and transform your life. Don't try to do this alone. Join today and you'll have access to more than 100 video courses, plus access to Kimberly Selden as your mentor and guide. Unlike traditional coaching, which can take years to produce tangible results, BOD is a fast track to immediate results for independent interior designers, decorators, architects, stagers, and landscapers just like you. Monthly membership is only $67.50. Annual members save two months and have access to Kimberly's contracts. What are you waiting for? Together, we will achieve extraordinary results. Start today. Start today.